Jason Waller here, true underdog. We have got some messaging today. We've got a great guest on the show. Listen, if you're not subscribing yet to the podcast, you can check us out on iHeart, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe now. Check it out. If you don't like it, unsubscribe later. Also, we've got a YouTube channel that is booming. We have got over 7 million views and 10,000 subscribers. Be that 10,001 subscriber. Subscribe now. You don't like it, cancel later. But I don't want you to get these nuggets. I don't want you to get tied to this story and you want more and you forgot to subscribe. Now, today's episode, I've got a special guest on. I've known this dude for a hot minute. He has built some mega companies. He's done some great things and he's got a badass story to share with you guys. Daryl Johnson and AZ, how you doing, baby? What's going on, Jason? Man, I'm glad to be here, brother. Hey, we haven't talked in a hot minute. It's been what, maybe a year, year and a half? Been a year, man. It's been a year. Yeah. So. so so the listeners know what's who you are and what's going on. Let's go ahead and give them like a two-minute commercial of who Daryl Johnson is and why I'm bringing someone like that on this show. Yeah, man. Daryl Johnson here in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm, uh, I own three companies, Envision Security. Envision Solar and Envision Pest. Uh, married, got four beautiful kids. Recently, a grandpa. You know, join join the club with you there. We're gilfs, baby. We're gilfs. Yeah. I don't know. We're gilfs. Absolutely, right. man. I'm stoked about it. And uh, you know, happy guy, motivated. And uh, man, I I I I come from a lot of things that probably would uh, um, be a lot of excuses for a lot of people not to succeed. But uh, I can't wait to tell my story today and. And uh, give some people on some insight of uh, overcoming really the true underdog, man. Dude, I love that. And you know what's really cool is, is you're a motivating guy. You lead your team. You're very vocal. You're very determined. You're a strong leader. I was on my way here and I was talking to Kevin Klink, mutual friend. He's my business partner. You guys go a long time back. And he was like, man, you and Daryl have a lot of similarities. You both are very vocal. You both are loud. You both like to share leadership skills. And I said, this show is going to be fun. I didn't, and no offense to the co-host that I usually have on, I thought it would be so good for us to just kind of tackle your story and tackle some nuggets out there for the listeners and the viewers to get because man i know you've got some stuff to tell i mean just being around you there is always some shit going on uh in your life good and bad that you've overcome and really done great things with yeah man absolutely and i and i think dude we're all our story right at the end of the day and you know some people live it all the time and then some people use it to uh you know to get to where they want to get and i think for me i'm trying to leave a legacy so everything that I get to share with today is about the legacy that I'm leaving for my kids and, and my family, which I don't really have any of that. As we get into this, I'll explain that there, there's nothing behind me as far as family. So everything that I do is the future of my family. So it's, it's like the, it's the fire, my motivation, man. Oh, I'm excited, man. I'm getting, I, I promise I'm getting the chills and it's not this monster water that I'm drinking. And hey, they're not paying us to say that, but I'm pretty <laughs> jacked up because I saw some of the, the notes. So let's talk about this. Daryl Johnson, you were born in Louisiana. Let's talk about your childhood first. What molded you? What, what were some of the tough things you had to deal with as a child as you got older and then decided to open up all these businesses? When it started as a kid, what was that like? Yeah, man. I, I was uh, born in Abbeville, Louisiana. And I think uh, what molded me is I had a super strict dad and uh, his dad was super strict. So 
you know, when I say super strict, I got my ass kicked when I made mistakes, the littlest mistakes. I can remember not brushing my teeth one time and I lied about it and forgot to wet the toothbrush. And uh, I got my butt kicked one side of the house to the other. And I think, um, you know, learning from that, it was, I learned to mow grass. I learned to, to keep tools clean, clean the garage, scrub the, you know, we had a garden, we planted our own food. It was just super strict. And, and what I realize now is my grandpa was super strict on him mm-hmm. and he was just doing what he taught. He was taught. Right. And unfortunately, tragically, if you've heard on the, of the Exxon oil spill, my dad went over overboard when I was 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for me, it, it, uh, when you deal with grief, I just really didn't know how to handle that because I had a little brother and a sister at the time. And it's really changed my beliefs on grief and, you know, watching my mom over the years grow and, and, uh, you know, the opportunity of, of what happens to people. I mean, that could be my excuse. My dad died when I was 13 and I became a, a, a piece of crap because I had no leadership. So, you know, for me, that's kind of where it all started was in this little small town. It was very segregated. Blacks and whites didn't like each other. Kind of the talk of everything that's going on right now. You know, right. it's kind of crazy. So, you know, I, I learned to uh, socialize and and uh, have relationships with everybody at a very young age. And it was awesome. And I also learned about pain and suffering and and uh, grief. And when my dad passed away, my mom's family lived in Arizona. It's how I got brought here. And, uh, you know, we moved to a little town, Camp Verde, Arizona, just a small hick town about 90 miles north. Of, that is a uh, hick town, by the way. I can confirm. Oh, man, it's a hick town, bro. And uh, Phoenix. And, man, I remember I wasn't there a week, and I was weed in the front yard in this house we bought. And these four kids walked up. And, you know, they're tough little country kids, I guess, you know. One of them walks up and punches me in the face while I'm weed oh. So it turns into an all-out brawl in the front yard, you know. And I'm like, man, we, we go at it, and it's about a pretty even thing. And we're both all bloody. And they're like, all right, he's cool. You know, and I'm like, what the heck? I didn't even have this going on in Southern Louisiana. So that's, that's how I ended up in Camp Verde, man. And, um, it was my mom and my little brother and uh, my little sister. And, you know, that's all the family we really have. Were you having to play a a father figure pretty much to your brother and sister? Yeah. I mean, I, I did the best I could, you know, my mom got some money, which is an interesting part of this story. When people get money and you never had any, we were pretty poor. You know, my dad drove a 1962 Bel Air. We had a little pickup truck. We worked on everything. If we had a problem, we grew it. We fixed it. It was just one of those lives. Yeah. Put a bowl on my head when we when we cut my hair. You know, it was just a. It, we were very very humble, simple people. Okay. And what happened was is is when he passed away and she got some money from Exxon. You know, she never had money before. Well, you know the story when you get money and you never had money and you don't know what to do with money. What messes people up? So there was kind of a distance there of parenting and my mom was grieving. So I kind of had to fill in the blanks and I had no guidance, man. You know, I, I became friends with the, the everybody. And, um, you know, I took some routes at a young age that probably weren't the best routes. And, and that's kind of leads into the next part of, you know, I went to high school there and mom bought me a 5.0 Mustang. I had the baddest car in town and thought I was a badass and I was cool. And, you know, I became buddies with a friend of mine that works with me today, you know, 30 years now we've been best friends. 
And, um, you know, he got in some trouble. He was a little gangster back in Phoenix that came to that town to get out of trouble. Hey, by he the was- way, because I'm from Arizona as well. And for the listeners and viewers out there that don't know, Arizona's got some real gangs. People forget and don't seem that outside of Arizona. It, oh, it's yeah. legit. There's gangbangers oh, yeah. everywhere. It's a mini LA. You would agree? Oh, yeah, so absolutely, man. picture for them. Like, when you're saying he was a gangster, that, that was legit. I remember living in Glendale and the next-door neighbor's house getting shot up. I remember, you know, gangs showing up, and you what set did you claim? So just to get them updated, like, that's legit. All right, continue. Yeah, man, he was in a real gang. I mean, yeah. he was a gangster. So, yeah. you know, he came there, and, you know, he taught me how to fight, and we became good buddies. We played dice in school. We did a lot of wild stuff, right? Did you have loaded yeah. dice? Did you have oh, any yeah. dice? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I had loaded dice too in high school, so yeah. <laughs> we 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 had some fun, man. And you know, one day he he got in trouble again, and they threw him out of school. And you know, I just decided I'm like, dude, I'm going with you. Yeah. You know, well, he ended up going to jail, and I ended up going to work. And you know, I I took a road construction job and was working road construction for a local company here, and learned how to run equipment and. You know, and then I traveled with him. I went to Nevada and I worked and, and I was doing all this stuff. And it was, it was just hard work, working construction, partying the bars all night, walking out to the job every day with a bunch of roughnecks. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really a roughneck, although I love those guys, man. But that's really not the lifestyle that I wanted to live, right? Right. You know, and, and, and what happened was, is I was working with these guys. I, I met a girl up there and, and uh, my, my tradition in my mind is I wanted to change my family tree. So... I met that girl and ended up getting her pregnant and I had my son Dylan and how I started to get, how, how old? I was uh, 19, 19, yeah. 19 years old. And I met her and um, she got pregnant. So I thought the right thing to do was to get married and have a family. She had two kids. So I got married and I'm living in Ely, Nevada. This is the loneliest place in the world, man. Just a mining town, been around 150 years, middle of nowhere. Right. So I stay there. I get a job at the mine. I'm doing this work road construction stuff and I'm working. Everything's good, man. And, uh, you know, I, I decide I want to, I want to, I want to do something different. I want to do some sales. I want to get into something, you know, I want to get into, I just need to do something different. I don't want to do construction forever. So I get a roofing job selling roofs (laughs) and, and I go out there and, uh, I start selling roofs like that. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you're traveling to other cities, I'm assuming? Yeah. I'm going to four cities, you know, in, in four States there. I work for a guy out of, out of Utah and I'm really good at it. I'm starting to make a lot of sales. I'm doing some door to door. I'm doing, doing a bunch of that stuff. And, and, um, well we move. Okay. We go to Phoenix and I meet a guy and I start, I'm doing some roofing and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Well, this guy comes to me one day and he says, listen, man, these storms come in and, and we can go sell door to door. I said, well, all right, that's pretty cool. I said, how much money do you make? 10% of every job you sell. He, he goes down to the mall. He says, what's your size? He buys me three Tommy Hilfiger back when that stuff was cool. Shirts, polos, yeah, shorts. I, those. I used to yeah, wear ones from the flea market, but I remember them. Yeah, man. And uh, he throws some tennis shoes on. And it throws me some nice tennis shoes. Says, hey, I'm going to teach you how to go sell this stuff. You knock on the door. You tell them we'll give them a free roof. And you'll waive the, um, your insurance deductible. And, and you get them a free roof. Well, man, I was a natural at it. I didn't care about talking to people and the rejection and all that stuff. You know, it just, I was okay with it. You were molded with that with a lot of the transition as a child. You, that you had to make relationships and move around. So naturally. I was forced into experience. it. Right. 
Yeah, man, absolutely. So I got pretty good at it. I started to make money and I was providing for my family. Well, in the meantime, my wife was going to college at ASU and she got a degree and we were kind of on the outs and she wanted to go back home. So we went back to Ely. I took another roofing sales job there. Well, I started doing some roofs myself and I went to um, a job. Things were on the outs. I was coming back from Arizona. I was partying, drinking, doing some stuff I wasn't supposed to do, right? No leadership, no guidance, kind of going back to that space in my life. And um, I got in a bad deal with that roofing company, right? And so I went and took one of their jobs that I sold. And, and I went to them and said, look, I'll do it on the side. I hustled the deal. I got some cash. Well, I ended up not getting the job done and not giving those people their money back. And I ended up, you know, being charged for fraud with that. Mm. So 20 years old, 21 years old, I'm roughly right around that area. And, uh, you know, I get a fraud charge. Well, these little towns don't mess around. Okay. You defraud a local in one of their towns, they're going to put you in prison. Okay. Good salesman I am. You know, I talked to judge not to put me in prison. I said, they said, all right, we'll make you a deal. We're going to teach you. You take the highest felony in Nevada, which is damn near murder. We'll give you that. And we won't put you in prison, but we'll give you 90 days in jail. And, um, and we'll give you, uh, you pay the fine back in probation. You can get off. Well, that was the best thing that ever happened to me because I got in trouble. I went and served my jail time. This is the salesman I am. At the time, I was doing some dish network and selling dishes. Mm -hmm. So I talked the jail sheriff into letting me install a dish on the roof. Within the first week, I became a trustee. Oh, my God. I had a PlayStation in jail. Oh, my goodness. I was a trustee. I would clean all their cars for them. I'd go out there, and they'd leave a gun in the car. I'd walk back in and be like, hey, man, you're nine sitting on there. You know, didn't want to touch it. You want to come grab it so I can finish cleaning the car. Hey, right on, Daryl. Did we go to the grocery store together? They let me wear plain clothes. It wasn't like jail, but it was enough jail for me to where I knew that if I ever messed up, I had this thing in the back of my head that I was going to go to prison for a long, long time. Right. And that was my leadership that I got. <laughs> that was my fathering that I got that, from that the was the learn now, because if not, you see the bottom falling out. That's the fear you needed. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I, and I think the, 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 the thing about that is, is once that was done, I got my fines paid off and I paid it off, but I lost my rights. I lost my rights to bear arms and I lost my rights to, um, um, you know, to vote. Okay. Which is interesting because after that, after that happened, my wife and I were doing rough. Well, I got much crap together again, like normal post people do. We moved to Cedar City and um, we lived in Cedar City for about four years. I started a roofing and construction company and, and became pretty successful there, selling roofs and building homes and doing stuff like that. And I ended up going to a motivational class in Utah. It was kind of like a cult. They got them all over. You know, it's called Harmony. And you go in there and, you you know, you beat the chair and you you do a you do some catharsis and you, you kind of let go of everything that's happened to you. Right. And dude, that's kind of been the staple of what's made me in today is like, look, you know, you, 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 people will carry this stuff that's happened to them through their whole life. The reason I didn't succeed is my dad died or I went to jail. I was a felon. You know, I was all these things that I made. All this these mistake. excuses that you could have used, but you did. Exactly. You know, so what I, they, Darryl, you've may, not made one excuse and you've probably given nine or 10 things that most people that most people we even know would have called it quits. 
right? That, that, that people need to understand, like, you know, when people are like, oh, my life's hard. It's like, you don't know what's going on. And I didn't know any of this about you. So I'm obviously astonished and hearing it. It, it, it makes more sense of your character, but go ahead. So from there, I started the roofing company. We're doing well. And I go to this class and, you know, I start to realize that I married my wife because I had a baby, not because I loved her. And that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting, and she deserved to be loved. You know, she was a great person, a great wife, but she wasn't a great wife for me. Right. And, and you know, I, I realized that a lot of people in relationships, you know, they push and shove and push and shove. It's like, there's personalities that align with, with human beings on women and men. And if you pay attention to that, instead of forcing it, you'll know when you're truly in love and when you're not, you know, and I learned that there you know, which was awesome. So, so I'm learning all these things in this, in, in this little battle for life. Right. So I go home and I tell her, you know, look, this isn't going to work. You can have everything. We own four or five homes at that point, some rental properties. We've done pretty well. She's kind of devastated, but not really. She ended up finding her soulmate very shortly after I grabbed my duffel bag and I head to Phoenix to the best friend's house. Six months on his couch, I'm painting houses, I'm doing work, I'm going to the bars every night. This is where you're going to kind of come to the story, man, or at least through a link with Kevin. So one night I'm in the bar and I see this little Jewish pretty girl in there, blonde hair, sweet, which would be Danielle. Right. And uh, that'd be uh, um, the, the future of American Alarm. I'm partying with these guys. And she goes, man, you got to meet this bald guy. He's a great sales guy. We sell alarms. You'd be really good. And uh, you'd be a great fit. And uh, I want you to meet him. I'm like, well, cool. Things aren't going very well for me. She doesn't really know any of the back style of the life. We haven't got to that yet. So I meet Kevin. And uh, hold on. First first impression of Kevin. Be brutally honest or politely honest, whatever. I want to hear what you got to say. First impression cocky and arrogant yeah yeah like this like this old school gangster but super kid young looked like a kid when i met him yeah you know and i'm like dude who is this kid right you know i've lived all this life i've been to job done all this stuff you know i sold roofs i'm like all right so he's like listen man i go out i sell five of these things a day nobody else does it you know and i'm like well what's it paying he goes it's like four or five hundred bucks every time you sell one of these and i'm like Really? Okay. (laughs) And and he's like, dude, come out with me one day. Dude, this guy works. Okay. I go out with him. It's eight o'clock at night. I could still take you to the house we were at. At eight o'clock at night, we walk into a house. We close our fifth deal. He did. He closes the fifth deal of the day. Okay. Is hold on. Now, just to catch the the listeners and the viewers up. So Kevin Klink is, is my current business partners, their CEO at my, at, uh, my company, Power Home Solar, and also one of my best friends. And me and Daryl, so everyone can catch up, connected through Kevin in the future. Uh, we may get to some of that, but he meets Kevin. I'm going to say this is probably around 2002, 2003-ish. Correct. Okay. Yep. And uh, he's arrogant and cocky. That's the Kevin I remember, right? He's, he's more humble. Well, I don't know if he's humbled now, but that's, that's who he is sometimes. But he was the hardest working door knocker you've ever met. Would you agree? Hardest. Gets up at six in the morning and doesn't give one. He's okay to 11 at night. He was the hardest working door knocker until he met me. That's right. I always (laughs) tell the same thing. That's exactly right. (laughs) Absolutely, man. And it's funny because I got a story about that. But the next day after we sold this family, we sold five. He He goes, I go, give me some paperwork and a clipboard. 
I got it. He goes, really? I go, I got it. Drops me off in the same neighborhood. I go out. By the end of the day, I wrote five sales. And he's like, one, he's going, hell yeah. I got me a good guy. I'm going to make me some overrides. This guy's awesome. But Kevin was a great guy. He was a young, immature business guy at that time. Ran the business out of his home. There's a lot of things he didn't know. But he wanted to be successful. He was motivated. He was committed. Yep. He'd give you the shirt off his back. He cared about everybody. Not a bad bone in his body. I say that. No, all no, man. He cared about everybody. He, he, he was just a great guy, you know. So we go out and uh, I start to consistently produce deals and, and, and to sell. And I'm doing pretty well. And, and uh, you know, like any relationship, uh, you know, I was destined to do bigger things, you know. And I was going to, I was going to kind of leave that. And, you know, I saw the opportunity. Danielle was his secretary. I was with Danielle. I figured you could be the secretary. We could start our company. And, you know, I kind of put it together in no hurt. He was going different directions anyway and had a lot of stuff going on in his business. And I think, you know, I saw a great opportunity to just start something. Well, little did I learn it wasn't so easy. And I figured out real quick why Kevin was stressed and why he had all this stuff going on. You know, much respect to that. And that's that's what we do is, is people that want to go out there and do business. It's we think we know until we know. Right. That's right. We <laughs> learn by failing and actually experience. Nobody gets learn- a book and says, here you go, Daryl. Here's the steps. No, you've got to go through these troubles to figure it out. You do. And you got to respect the people that were going through those struggles because sometimes we don't. And then we go do it. And I go back and I'm like, hey, man, first of all, respect, dude, because you you really were doing a lot. I know what it's like now. So, yeah. so the, the gal and I, we decide we're going to start this company. It's called American Alarm. And I go and I get this dealership and we're having a hard time getting approved. But I, I'm salesman. I am. I talk them into sending me some contracts. They send me 50 contracts. I'm not even a dealer. The first week I signed 35 up of them, 35 contracts the first week myself, door to door. Wow. I take the contracts and um, I call them and they're like, dealer approved. I send them in the next day, 35 contracts to get funded. They're like, what the heck just happened? And, uh, you know, I knock doors every day. And it was funny because being Kevin's work ethic, I'll, I'll never forget. I'm leaving Queen Creek, our honey hole goes back in the days. He'll know it. I'm pulling out the neighborhood. It's about 1030 in the morning and he's pulling in and I pull up three contracts and I said, you don't want to go in here, bro. You're a little late. <laughs> I'll never forget his face, man. And, uh, it, it was fun because we, we, we rivalized each other and motivated each other out there knocking these doors and that energy, even though we, we became kind of a competitiveness in the, in the alarm space. Competition brings greatness. I mean, you know, me getting into the alarm industry through Kevin, right? And then him having some struggles and some things going on in his own life where bought him out and built it from the ground up. And, you know, you need competition. And in that program, we were all in with Monotronics. We were looking every month where the hell our, where our company was on the leaderboard. And it was a lot of shit talking and ready to go. And where are we going to be? And how do we get top 10? How do we get top five? How do we get to that number one spot? But I remember when I joined the program, you and American Alarms were the number one spot. Want to talk about how you built that up to get that? Yeah. You know, obviously when you, when you go out and you learn how to produce that money and you learn a business that way, you really want to stamp it and and duplicate, stamp and duplicate. I never knew how to do any of that. I had no education. I had no financial education, which is going to really lead to, to a great story here. I go out, I'm producing these accounts, 35, 40, 45 a week myself. I'm an animal, right? 
I start to meet kids in the field that work for these other big companies that I've heard about, you know, Apex Alarm, summer programs. I mean, these kids are golden hair and blue eyes and they could sell anything. They're, right. they're good. I start to recruit them and bring them in and I move into a new house and, you know, life is good. And we start to produce these counts. I'm creating this motivation. I'm reading books. I don't know crap about finances, taxes or anything, but I just know that I'm printing paper and I'm starting to make money. And I just got a black card in the mail and I'm feeling like I'm somebody, you know, yeah. Jay-Z's got one, right. Yeah. You know, I, I thought we made it, you know, and as I start to recruit and build that energy, I'm so enticed by my, my dealer program that takes me steak dinners, $25,000 nights at the club. I lost my respect for money and, and my humbleness of when I was younger, right? When I didn't have any, because I never had that lifestyle before. So I was no different than my mom when she got all that money and didn't know what to do with it. I wasn't paying attention to that. It took a lot longer for me to recognize that now where I am today. But looking back at it, those were those lessons that I was learning. We went on to be the number one alarm alarm dealership at, at, at one of the first companies at Brinks Monotronics to produce a thousand accounts a month. Yep. And back in those days, that was a lot of accounts. Yeah, still a lot of accounts today, by the way. It is, it is a lot of accounts today. Yeah. Um, and and I think you know that it, it was a cool experience in my life. I really have no regrets of of what happened. I learned about a lot about money, people, management, leadership, um, relationships. You know, um, again, another relationship where I was, where I was in it because we had a lifestyle together, not really being in love. You know, we, we just liked each other, but we really liked money and a lifestyle. Right. And as 2009 started to approach, this went from 2004 to 2009. So we had a pretty good run there, five, six years, um, about five and a half years. I noticed the economy changing, the recession was coming. And I remember I'm saying, I'm like, we got to dial this back, our lifestyle. I'm starting to grow up a little bit. I'm getting into my, my, um, my 30s finally, right? Middle 30s. I think that's when men really start to mature, most of us. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I'm starting to, to mature and I look at this and I go, man, we got to dial this back. You know, I left a Mercedes parked down at the, at the airport for two months, dude. <laughs> like, I just didn't care. We had three of them. You know, I leased one for 2000 bucks a month and put 3,400 miles on it. Like for two years, just dumb mistakes, bad decisions, no guidance. So I think, well, hold on. I, I think listeners and viewers need to understand. I talk about it all the time in, in other podcasts that, that we've done, especially with entrepreneurs, is most people, and you just gave an example of it, they, when they pull the money out and they're, 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 they're squeezing everything out of the business for a lifestyle, if they can't adjust and you being humble to talk about it, like, dude, I, I, I reverted back full circle and said, Oh shit, look what's going on now. But when that happens, it starts to deteriorate the business. And a lot of entrepreneurs need to know that going in because no one tells us, or they don't give you a heads up that dude, when it's good, you better be able to go timeout, pretend it's not there and, and be normal because you're going to have to reinvest. And I think this is a case where, you know, you got addicted to the lifestyle and forgot how to rebuild it back in. And it, it, it caught up. Am I, am I right? Oh, I did, man. And we had a lifestyle. I mean, we show up in Vegas and get club seats and went like with, the I remember I right? saw you there a few times and I'm like, what? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I, I will say I, I have no regrets and I had a lot of fun and a lot of experiences 
and I'm grateful that I'm alive and nothing else happened and I'm able to do what I am able to do today. I don't, you know, everything to me is just about, look, that was my past and that's a lesson and what can I learn from it? But, you know, I got tired of the ups and downs too, man. That, that, that's another thing with that, with that lifestyle when you're drinking and partying, you know, I like to drink. Now I'm a weird drinker. A lot of people like to go home and drink two or three drinks a night to unwind. I won't drink for a month, but if you drink with me in a month, most people know, man, I'm going to take down a bottle of 1942. We're going to get rowdy. Right. You know, and I, and I, and I'm, I'm just learning now, like you got to be, that's just not responsible. You got to be a little bit better that way. Uh, So as, as that starts to dissolve, I seen it coming and, and I'm getting a little bit better at paying attention. I'm getting a little bit more mature. So I, I, I go to the, the spouse and she's basically kicking me out. You can have this, you can have that, you can have this. I grabbed what assets that she was willing to give me. And I said, listen, you guys take the company, do whatever you want, but it's going to go and it's going quick. So I managed to get out there before the building f- fell. I called a buddy of mine named Thad Gravo up in Las Vegas. He was running a security company. I said, hey man, can I come work for you? He goes, dude, you come work for me. I'll write you a $25,000 check today and I'll pay you this much money a month plus this. I'm like, well, hell yeah. <laughs> so I rent me a, a studio or a penthouse on right next to Dre's on the strip in Las Vegas. That's exactly what you need, right? Exactly what I needed, right? So I go to Vegas for a year and I work and I, I double um, you know, Thad's growth where, I mean, we're building sales teams. We're doing good. We're, we're, we're doing a lot of business and everything's going well. And, uh, but that nightlife, man, I made a lot of friends, industry people that I know there today. I know that town a lot better than most people do. You know, I kind of ran through it and, and, uh, my son comes to see me one day. Uh, he lived up in Cedar city, Utah with his mom. And he's like, dad, you don't look good. And I'm like, Oh, you know, and I just kept thinking, you don't look good, man. It wasn't from the time he left 48 hours later, I had my Range Rover packed mm. and called Thad and said, look, I'm going to go to Phoenix and I'll run a sub dealership for you, but I'm out. I got to get out of here. And it was another one of those moments. Like, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing with my life? What kind of father am I am? What kind of a person am I am? You know, what am I chasing? Um, you know, is this really how I'm going to leave a legacy for my family? You know, here, am I going to end up dead? You know, what am I doing? So I drive to have a soon party, of course, because I got to get it out of my system before I go to Phoenix. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) and, uh, I get back to Phoenix, man. And I start a little sub dealership. You know, those are pretty popular in our industry. You work for somebody else. They take a little off the top and, uh, I do pretty well. I'm starting to grow a team there. And kind of like when I worked for Kevin, I start looking at it like, man, I know this business as good as anybody. I've done a thousand accounts a month and uh, I'm single and I'm just out in the bars. I'm just, you know, I'm, but I've got it together. I'm a lot more responsible. I owned a little home and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start focusing on something, you know, I'm working for somebody else still. So my buddy Ernie calls me, he says, Hey man, let's go to NASCAR and uh, let's party. I got two chicks. We're going to have some fun. Right. And you know, if anybody who knows me, I like to have fun, man. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we, I said, I'll park the motor home out there and we'll go have a good time. 
Well, two weeks before I was at the sand dunes and I met this girl, her name was Joy. And uh, I see her out there and you just don't meet single chicks at the sand dunes. And I heard she was going through a divorce and I knew her sister and I got my sand rail out there in my motorhome. And man, I'm trying to woo her. And I remember telling my buddy, I said, and this is about affirmation for me, but I looked at her and I said, I'm going to marry that girl. And he goes, you don't even know her. You don't even know her, Daryl. And I go, dude, I'm going to marry that chick. There's something about her. I just love her. I love her instantly, you know, and I, I just f- see myself with her. And I remember he's like, dude, you're crazy. You know, all this stuff. Well, two weeks later, I'm at NASCAR. Ernie brings the chicks. We're partying, having a good time. I get a call on my cell phone and it's her sister. And she's like, hey, where are you? I'm all, we're at NASCAR partying. And she goes, so are we. I was all, really? She goes, I go, yeah, I go, Ernie's got a couple chicks here and stuff. I go, we'll come over later. She goes, my sister's here. I go, what camp you in? <laughs> you know? So we, I go over there and, and um, I hang out and I get to talk to Joy and spend a little time with her. And, you know, I convince her to uh, go on a date and kind of hang out with me a little bit. And um, that's kind of where my, my chapter today kind of leads into and all the things that have happened for the good for me. Um, when I met Joy and was able to create that relationship with her, I went, I went home and we were talking and I'm like, man, I'm going to start my own company again. And I remember we were laying on the couch and I was talking about envisioning things, right? You know, envision success, envision opportunity. And I'm like, envision, I'm going to start a company called Envision, Envision Security. You know, and I'm like, she's like, I like it. That's a good idea. And I went to the office and I remember it was February 14th. I was in, I was in uh, Napa with Thad. He's been a good friend of mine for a long time. And I said, listen, bud. It's, uh, I'm going off on my own. I'm going to start a company. I just want to give you a heads up. And I said, by the way, I, I got uh, a $25,000 check from you from the first check you ever wrote me. You know, that, 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 you know, those guys take them sign on bonuses, right? I said, here's your money back. Thank you for the opportunity. It's time that I go, you know, and I came back home and, and that's where the envision legacy and, and the joy legacy starts. Joy was pregnant three months after I met her and we had our first daughter uh, which is Ava. Yep. And I started to build, build this company. And what I did, you know, I think this probably be the best part of today's chat is I looked back at everything that I did and everything that happened. American alarm, how we treated customers, the business, our financial situation, the mistakes, how I treated the two previous women that I was in a relationship with. How was I as a person? How was I a person to friends and people? I've always been liked, right? It's easy to be liked, but I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't just liked because I, I was fun. I was liked because I actually was a genuine person. Right. You know, and that I actually did something for people and, and I cared for them, not because I was in charge or I was flamboyant or I was loud or, or like, you know, your, your personality and I will get to that, but because I could, I could just go create something because I have it in my mind and I'm demanding that way. And I create that presence around me. You know, what's amazing, Daryl, is not only did you do the roofing thing and then you did the alarm thing and then you did the alarm thing again. And now you've got a handful of companies, you own pest control, solar and security. It's yours. You got three things in one, which is amazing. And I want to talk about that in a minute. But think about this. You had three chances to learn from. 
where you eventually failed at all three and took every single failure, made it a better opportunity, learned from it to build what you're doing now. Same thing with the relationships. You, you said it best. You saw how you treated these other women or felt, and you used that experience to be a better Daryl and a better husband, a better father and a better everything, an owner, everything you can do, which is, that's the number one rule in this in life. You can read all the damn books you want. You can go to all the schools and get all the freaking degrees that you want. But until you live through shit and you fail, you really don't learn anything. And that's exactly what you are showing when you have every single opportunity to call it quits. Not only did you not quit, but you learned from that failure to do bigger and better every single time, dude. That's pretty good. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Well, dude, you get tired of the pain and the suffering, right? Not everybody does. You know, I tell people, you don't change. You just make different decisions. I'm still the same guy I was 25 years ago. I just make different decisions today. And when I go to make one of those decisions, instantly I've programmed my brain to go, Daryl, what happens when you go do that? What happens when you say stuff like that? What happens when you create? The conscience jumps up from that experience. Like, damn it, you know what's going to happen. Oh yeah. No, I, I love it. I mean, I've, you know, every, every business I've been involved in, whether I started up or joined it to help it grow, I saw the greats in it and I saw the bad in it. And every single opportunity I tried to leverage how I can be better, you know, AGB always getting better. So with ISI alarms, it was this, and then it was okay. And even where I worked before first union, AT&T, any of that stuff. And then it was power home technologies. It was that. So with power home solar, I wanted to take the best things out of my experience and build that. And the bad things try to force them out. And of course you learn other bad things that you learn from, but you evolve. And that sounds what you did at Envision. Yeah, man. And, and I think the cool part about this is I had huge experience because we were so big at American Alarm. So when I got to start Envision, I was like, all right, I'm going to start educating myself too on business, financial business. How should I pay myself tax? Yes, this. Did you know what EBITDA meant? No. <laughs> right. So I just learned EBITDA, no shit, two years ago, right? And our business is booming. We've got investors. We had to bring on a president. We had to bring on a CFO. I didn't even know what EBITDA meant. I'm honest. I tell people, I, I didn't know. I, I'm great at sales. I'm great at vision. I'm great at motivating. I'm good operational dude to streamline cost and make sure everyone's accountable. Fuck, I don't understand EBITDA. And you're right. Like all these things, you got to surround yourself with people to help educate you and build your company. Absolutely, man. And that's been this. I mean, it always, this hasn't been the most perfect run either. I, I've actually, when we started this, I wanted to go big again. And I had this great idea in our industry, you know, it, it, it's it, it, the best way to go is to keep your accounts, get some financing, you know, build it, build this model. So I go out and I hit the gun running. It was 2014. I put my magic mouth on and I go start talking to people and I, I pick up some investors out of San Diego and I learn about EBITDA <laughs> real quick. Real and quick. I learned about investors and, and the power you give up. Okay. And I'm like, man, we're going to be the biggest company. We're going to do this. So I raised $3 million. Okay. All right. Well, these guys want to see everything and anything all the time. And when I signed all those papers, I gave up that power. Yeah. I wasn't ready or, or I didn't understand the business model and the cash flow model enough to create those accounts at that price. So about six months to a year later, that went not so well. Well, those guys don't just call you and be like, oh, it's cool. They're coming for you to take your business, right. right? Well, I said, listen, it didn't work for you. It didn't work for me. I'll write you a check for this amount of money. You've got that much money back because I didn't spend that. No money was spent wrong. It's just the model didn't work. 
I didn't do the right math because I didn't understand uh, what those words that you were talking about. Right. Yep. Again, I was uneducated trying to go into a land that I didn't know nothing about. Mm-hmm. They say, you know what? We'll take that. That's a good deal. We're not going to lose. We got our money. We're, we're going to give you your company back. And from that point on of that fear and anxiety and the things that I created there, I went to, I went to self-educating myself on all of those things, a hundred percent hiring people, coaching things of people that, that I needed. And now we have a great company. Our reputation out there is awesome. The people that work here, our culture is awesome. Now our goals are, are not to be this, the, the largest company in the country in the alarm industry in a dealer program. That model doesn't work. You've been there. You know how it works. You know, the model that you guys are building and what you've created, that's a model that it works in it makes sense and you're capable of scaling it to a level and you're in control of that. When you have a dealer program involved, you lose that control and you know that. And uh, if you don't manage the attrition and the account volume and things like that, it just doesn't work. But more importantly, I think for the listeners out there, as you're growing a business, like, like I have, you've got to educate yourself with experience, number one, but you've also got to educate yourself with common sense. Yeah. I think we've lost that Jason. You know, I I talk to kids all the time. I'm like, why would you do that? Common sense says you don't do that. And there's not enough communication with people anymore, I don't think, to where they understand what real common sense is about. You know, I've I've been I I started to 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 really just slow down and pay attention to every single thing that I did as I was growing this business. And that's why I added the other two businesses in this is a paycheck business for me and maybe an opportunity to sell it at some point. I'm working on some cool things where I'll be able to self fund it, which is awesome. It is awesome. No banks, nobody, which, which will really work, but it's also the patience of understanding of being an entrepreneur and the patience of all the things that I learned over the, the last 25 years. You know, I don't look back at any of that stuff that happened to me. It actually fuels me because the, the four children that I have and me being a grandpa, what I want to be able to do, by the way, a gilf. Go ahead, a gilf. <laughs> I want to be able to leave the opportunity for my family and my 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 employees and the people that are here, you know, and and leave something for them that that they can continue to evolve. And I also want to leave a legacy, dude. And I, I, I and more importantly, I want people when I die. If I, I used to sit back and think about this a lot, if somebody came to your funeral, or or who would come to your funeral. Think about that. I know. Like, what would your eulogy be like? You know, what would they say about this guy? What did he do? How did he treat people? What kind of father was he? What kind of business owner was he? What kind of community leader was he? What did he leave in this world? We don't think about that when we're young and gunning and hustling. But as you start to mature, and I believe in men, we don't emotionally evolve really until 35, 40 years old, to be honest with you. Maybe some guys do, but, you know, I didn't really cry or understand that kind of stuff until I had girls, right. you know, and now, now I'm like, man, what am I doing? You know, like, wh- where, where am I? So anytime I want to distance off into something that might not make sense, it's really easy to get back on the freeway. You know, it's like those lights on your car that <laughs> hold on. One of those lights come up on this side, not to go in that lane and not to go in that lane. It, it's, it's, it's that because man, it, it's real easy in today's world to get distracted and do stupid stuff with all of the things going on. 
the social media and everything, the distraction, the news, the politics, everything. You know, it's really hard. I got my I got my little fake, you know, my mask here. See this right here? I take it down. <laughs> Yeah, man. So, so for me, that's kind of the evolve, the, the evolve to, to where Envision is today. And we just moved into an 8,000 square foot office. Okay. Yeah. yeah awesome, man. It, it's really cool. We have gotten into being a, a solar sales provider for, for a, a company and um, we've done really good at it. We sell about 50 of those a month. You know, that's pretty respectful in the industry. Yep. And uh you know, and, and we started a pest division and the pest division is the original alarm is the original alarm company model, except technology can't take it over. And we're just building that RMR and, and we're just investing in that. And, you know, my goal is to, to get that to 20,000 pest customers and uh, really have a legacy of RMR there and use that pest business to actually purchase the contracts from the alarm business, reduce the RMR. And yeah. really just create this one engine of power here, along with taking care of the employees, taking care of the customers at the highest level, you know, customer service to me and all those things are, um, you know, amazing things. And then I think one of my favorite things I still love to do, man, is empower young salespeople and employees that work for me. So I come to work every day. Doesn't it feel great when they go out and buy their first home or they go get a cool car that they wanted? It's like some of the best feelings in the world. You can't buy that shit. You can't buy I just, you can't, you can't do it, man. I think the gratitude of watching a young person in my business or in any business that finally wakes up and realizes responsibility and listens to you. Yeah. You know, I try to give this story to my team all the time. I'm like, listen, I'm not preaching to you. I've went down that mountain road. It's a rough road. Most people can't even handle that rough road. They're going to use their excuses forever as a, as an anchor that never lets them really evolve to who they really are as a person and their capabilities to the highest level. I said, if you'll break through that, change your mindset and get committed and, and be committed 110%. And no matter what gets in your way, no matter what happens, you'll never use excuses for why it didn't happen. And you'll set your, your goals super high. Then you're going to be able to accomplish whatever you want, no matter whoever you are. You know, I, I agree. That's, that's well said. And I think that, you know, when you try to motivate young guys, even even anybody, I mean, I've got older guys on our team sometimes. I, it, anytime you can share wisdom, you know, your our our lives are completely different, but very similar, right? We've we've had to learn from our failures, we've had to learn from our experiences, we've had to learn from up and down relationships, and you know, I, I, we are more alike than I knew. You know, just based on some, your personality, your aura, how you feel and think. I, I'm like, yeah, I totally relate. And I think a lot of listeners are going to relate to this like, oh, yeah. And what people need to understand is the reason we're sharing information like this is if you don't have to go down the path that you went down, Daryl, right, or that myself or anybody, anybody else we usually have on the show that goes down, then you're able to get a step or two ahead of the game. So when you get to that point to where we are, you're you're, you're way ahead. And that's the goal. And it's about giving back. It's about, you know, pushing it forward. And I think that more people need to listen, but I love when they listen. And then they're like, Hey, Jay, I, I just, just bought my first house. I'm so glad power home can help me do that. I mean, 
we just said, you can't buy that. It's the best feeling because you're helping your family. And you talked about your culture and I love your culture. I love that. And for those that don't know what RMR, that's reoccurring monthly revenue. And the business model on that, what Daryl's explaining is the money you make every single month, you're not getting an upfront cost of something. You're actually in the hole on that, that deal, but you're getting a monthly payback to eventually it's profitable. And that's your customer for life that pays. And so it's, it's a, it is a long model, but it's the healthiest model you can build a company and to build an infrastructure that's valuable. And so you've got to be able to be patient. You've got to be disciplined. You've got to be able to control cost. You've got to be able to have integrity and loyalty in your brand. And exactly what you're doing is why that is going to really grow for you, I believe, and, and, and be that legacy that you want to leave for your kids, because that is what it's about. I mean, there's only a few ways you can build a company healthy. And that is the best way, in my opinion. I wish there were more ways in my business and industry you can do. It's almost impossible. We've tied like maybe service, maybe this, but that's what you're doing with pest control, with alarm. And then you've got the cash flow of the, of selling the solar. It's perfect. It's a, and it's, you know, I always say, if you've got a menu and you make chicken, damn it, you need to only sell chicken. But you are proving that theory wrong because you can, or you're able to sell chicken burgers and dogs. Am I right? Is that is that kind of the model you're doing? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what 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 I realized, Jason, clearly is out of I've done over eighty thousand alarms since I've been in the industry, and over you know in in this in this time, that's a lot. That is a lot. Vision, we've done almost twenty eight thousand. We had twenty eight thousand customers that we serviced. We have a four point nine nine rating on Google with thousands of reviews. The customers are happy; they loved us. Yeah. So what I thought was, why not resell them something and see how they react? So I circled back around, and I started with solar. And I'm like, this is a high ticket item with a great return. It is the smartest investment you can make to own your power. You say it all the time. I love it. I believe in it more than anything. It's why it's so successful for you that I, I know it and it's successful for us and we're growing it. We're doing well. It works. But what happens is, is these are high ticket items yeah. and people are buying them at the door. Okay. And I'm like, then they love us. They trust us. They believe in us. Why wouldn't we continue to offer them if we can simplify the process and duplicate it here and put good people in place, right? Right person, right seat. Right? Yep. We, run an e we run an EOS model off traction. I got a traction coach, yep. scaling your business, finances, good people, you know, core values. That's how we operate here. If we can take that opportunity and continue to bring them an option that they like and do a good job at it, why not? And that worked. And, and I went 18 months doing that in solar. And I'm like, you know what? You want to know how I got into pest? This is how life works. It's Sunday afternoon. I'm in my shorts, no shirt on, probably not a great sight. Pest guy knocks on the door. He's a good old boy from Buckeye, Arizona. He's a great country boy. I love him. No, he's been spraying my properties for years. I walk out front. I'm like, what's up, man? How are you? How's things going? He's got his truck parked. This kid's perfect shirt tucked in. He's always perfect. I go, you know what, man? I've always wanted to get in pest control. Exact words. And he goes, well, why haven't you? I go, never had anybody to run it. He goes, I'll run it. I go, hold that thought. Walks back inside, walked to the computer. I went to the corporation commission, which I have a count on. I, I ordered the name. I, I went back outside. I said, hey, man, um, in less than three days, can you provide me a business plan of what it takes to start this business? 
goes, yeah. Less than three days later, he comes to my office. He had some things he didn't, he never done this before. It was pretty good. He knew pest business really, really well. I said, we can fix that. We can do this. We can do this. Cause I have experience in business. I said, cool. I said, um, I go, what do you want to make? And he goes, I would like to be at this salary. I go, why? And he tells me his story. His daughter had just had been born and she had cerebral palsy. Dude, this kid works seven days a week until dark. I said, why do you want to do, go off? He goes, I just want to be home more with my family. I want to create better income and I want to be involved in something that I have control over. And I go, well, why don't you do it yourself? And he goes, I just don't know how to do it myself. And I go, that's respectful. I go, I'll tell you what, I'll do it with you. And this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to do it. And I said, we're going to make it happen. I said, go back, put your notice in. He goes, really? And I go, I go, you want to do it or not? I'm in if you're in, you know, and that was less than 10 months ago. We've gotten to the point where we started and we just hit our seventh customer and $30,000 a month in RMR already. Wow. And yeah, I mean, and that doesn't seem like a lot, but that's $30,000 guaranteed a month. that's coming in and reoccurring revenue. And you know, you know, I'm, we're, we're averaging about 120 customers a month and we're moving to 200 this next month. We're raising the bar and the goal and we're going to continue to grow that. And, you know, like alarms and the other things that I've been been blessed to have a great team that sells this stuff. I'm going to continue to drive that model. And, and again, the difference is, is I know about Ubitata, number one <laughs> and number two, I'm self-funding it. Yeah. And, and, and I, you know, as well as I do, when you're, when you're in a position to do that and you're disciplined with your money and you make those investments and you're patient, like you said a minute ago, then eventually, right. It, yep. It's going to get to a point to where there's some major value in that. And my job every day is to come in with a positive attitude, create a positive culture, educate my team and work my team, be the visionary. You know, I got 30 ideas. One's good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, let my team have control and the power to make decisions and run this company and reward them and take care of them and grow this thing together and build, you know, three of the best companies here in the Valley that I can. That's really cool, Daryl. And I, I think that's amazing that you met this guy and took a chance and became his partner and opened it up. That's that itself shows the kind of character and the kind of gambler you are of having a gut instinct of reading out people and saying, this is the right thing to do. I want to do this. So I think that's great. A lot of people sit in indecisive. They never want to make a decision. You're ready, shoot, aim, just like I am. You're like, pop, I'm ready to go. Let's go now. Because when it's hot and it's heavy, you make that decision now. Otherwise it'll fade to cold and you would have never done it. If he never said, I'll run it, you'd have thought about it. It would have went to the wayside. So, you know, every little decision we make in our life changes everything. People forget that. They forget that, you know, if I decide to go right on the way home today, it's going to be completely different in my life than if I go left. And it's that way every day, every conversation, every meeting. And I think that's amazing. I We're almost out of time. I'm super excited and, and happy for you guys to get your new office and doing three products. I like the dessert. So I always say menu offer this, but you're really offering dessert. They're already existing customers that you're calling, correct? And then you, I'm sure you have, do you have pest control people on the outside that only do pest control? I do. So I broke it up into three divisions, you know, unlike you and I, probably we can multitask to, to another level. Average employees in that mindset are generally good at one or two things. Yep. So I got security guys that sell security. I got a solar team that sells solar. I got a pest team love that. that sells pest. I love that. And, and I love that because when you blur the lines, that's what I was talking about. Whatever pays them more, it blurs it. You want to be able to take each customer and cross do it later. I love that. You got three fishing poles out there. Right person, right seat. 
that, and that's probably our model more than anything. Do we have the right person doing that job? And are they in the right seat and the right capacity to do it? Yeah. You know, it, it's, I think I want to end with this, man. I, I, I wanted to mention this a little earlier. I've had a ton of problems and here's what I learned, Jason, for any listener you have out there, it's probably my wisest wisdom. Um, there's only generally one problem in this world we can't solve. And it would probably be a healthness or a cancer or something like that, that we don't have any control over. Okay. If you've got a relationship problem, you can learn to be better in your relationships. If you've got a money problem, okay, you can go to work and you can make more money. And if you have an attitude problem or a, or a focus or a belief problem, you can work to change your mind. The, that's the only thing that, that the, the, the health in that issue to that point, and even people that get those issues sometimes can overcome them if they want to live bad enough. Right. So I tell people at the end of the day, no matter what happened, look, I, I lost my dad. I dropped out of high school. I was a felon. Okay. I, uh, mom was a drinker. I got every reason in the world to not be where I am today. I was a felon who owned a security company legally. I was just pardoned, pardoned, full pardon. I did an interview with the governor, eight judges, and the attorney general of Nevada last Tuesday and wow. convinced them to give me all my rights back to where I can bear firearms, do more work, get licensing, and grow my business even more. It doesn't matter what you've done or where you come from. That's just your excuse. If you're focused and you're committed and you don't make excuses, you can do whatever you want, man. You guys prove that with all the stuff that you've been through in your university and the massive great company that you guys are building. And, 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 and look at me over here. It's just proof. And, you know, I'm grateful to be on your show today and I hope this helps at least one person, man. I think it'll help more than that. I was grateful to have you on. I, we didn't get a chance to talk about us, but I think we can have a second one because this was inspiring, Daryl. I think this was good for new entrepreneurs out there. This was good for sales folks out there. This was good for people going through issues, whether it's family, whether it's mindset, whatever it is, you know, negativity. They, your message was spot on and I don't want to even add anything to it because it was perfect. So, you know, Daryl, where can folks in Arizona reach out to your company if they're looking for a job or whatever? Let's, get, let's give everyone out the website and a phone number they can call. Yeah, joinenvision.com is the best spot. Instagram, joinadvision.com as well. And 623-877-1106 here in Phoenix. Bam, that's exciting stuff. Yeah, so that's man. a wrap on today's True Underdog episode. Check us out and subscribe again at iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast. We also have Spotify. Make sure you subscribe. I know you got some good nuggets today. We're going to have Daryl Johnson on here again. Check out our badass YouTube channel. It's True Underdog YouTube or visit trueunderdog.com. Bam. 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 True Underdog. Bam. Bam. Bam.